0: And I was just thinking about this in the room about the, um, the difference between everything happens for a reason and having a plan laid out for you in life. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that level of spirituality is, I remember always hearing that there's a plan for everything. Right. And it's already laid out for you. That's a line my mom
1: and my dad said so often, and it rubbed me the wrong way so much. Oh yeah, so we were just having a that conversation, that's right. It's almost a trigger, like you can't yeah, say that it, to me. <laughs> like, I, yeah. It rubs me the wrong way.
2: Yeah.
0: Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. And today, we're gonna be talking about spirituality, a topic that just needs a space. It needs to have its own space. And to do that, i'm your co-host ck and it's your boy anwar ahmed today
1: we got the guest the producer we got the one and only, only.
2: watch it your- it took like 15 episodes hey. but <laughs> it finally gave me a chance to speak my own piece what's going on
0: guys what's it's going nice on? to be on the other side uh, before we get into the topic you know what it is a producer is going to join us what time is it boys mood check
1: let's start with chris today what's going on nice oh, chris clyde what's going on starting man? with you me eh
2: um how do i feel like what's my mood yeah what's your mood man how are you feeling today like um i'm feeling very overwhelmed, overwhelmed? Today. i think that's that's kind of how um how i started off today i got the the night before <laughs> funny enough uh you know i i received some extremely heavy news uh the night before and i honestly was thinking about okay how's this gonna go you know tomorrow will i even be able to manage tomorrow um and i did something that i don't usually do when i'm confronted with like really pressy pressing heavy news um i kind of almost pretended like it didn't happen i like carp mentalized it almost Mm -hmm. because i knew i had to get stuff done and i knew if i really engulfed in the news that i received uh i may not have had the capacity to even come in and do a pod so Mm. i I feel like i'm juggling a lot of things but i feel like i'm doing good today like i'm managing it i I walked in kyle even said you know my energy was seemed a bit different it seemed a bit higher and stuff um so i'm consciously you know putting in that extra effort to have that that type of energy today um, and it's a bit overwhelming, got a lot of other things on the go too, but that, that's how I am today. And I feel like I'm managing it good and it, and it feels, it feels good to be managing it that way because I definitely can think of times where I would let those things accumulate and, you know, maybe I had a pod to do and I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have had the capacity to get the things done that I
1: needed to. So mm.
2: yeah, that's, that's where I'm at today.
0: Mm. Thanks for sharing. Yo, I feel. For I
2: mean, I feel we can unpackage a that a little bit. Like, wow. I
1: like how organized you put that because I think that you know, me, I struggle with this sometimes too. It's, it's compartmentalizing it. How does that? You say that word?
0: Compartmentalizing? Compartmentalized. Compartmentalized. Yeah, yeah. like compartment, but yeah, compartmentalized. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. you all skipping the mp. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just you just car and I'm like, what? Car In case what? you guys didn't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle that's, loves
1: language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's <laughs> a big word. English is my second language. Um, <laughs> I just think that like you can go about that process in a bad way, like putting it too far away, you know. But like the way you kind of articulated it, it just sounded like you were so aware that it was something that needed to be put here for now. And I'm going to come, but I got to do this. And like that, that's not an organized. I appreciate that, man. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's definitely a, a good way of doing it. Um, yeah. And I, I, feel like, uh, I'm, I'm not used to, it. I feel like I
2: usually handle that specific situation worse. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's like, all right, yeah, this is working.
0: Mm. I'm here and I'm getting my shit done. Mm-hmm. It felt like growth when you were saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. It felt like growth. And just the way that you double described it again, it was growth. But before you mentioned that, it felt like growth. It felt like, uh, an elevated sense of like self-awareness of knowing like this isn't what I ha- need to do and work through right this second. Yeah. I will. But right now, this is what I need to do mm-hmm. and just kind of prioritize without deflecting because it's still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you just you know that I'll get to this in a couple hours. Yes. Because I'll have time and to it give did. it attention.
2: And it did feel like growth. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing? <laughs> what up? What up,
1: CK? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? on? Hey, Coach
0: What's going on? Um, I'm a lot better than I anticipated. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why, because yesterday um, or sorry, last week we did a little get together with some friends for big man's birthday, right? Your birthday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about anybody else, but like you're never around people no more, you know? Locked down, especially me. Like I live, all, oh, yeah, I live yeah. by myself. I live in Humber Bay. I'm not even downtown walking distance. So I'm just, I'm, I'm by myself all the time. And I've become so good with managing myself and my own energy that managing other people's is actually quite hard right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so in that moment, I really expected the rest of the week to be exhausted. I really did. I, I didn't realize how much it took out of me in the moment. It was funny. Like I wanted to go home and sleep when we were there, hmm. but... At the same time, I didn't want to leave because I didn't want to not be around people. You know, mm-hmm. there was this weird back and forth. So I just hung out and I just basically waited till somebody else made the first first move to leave. And I just enjoyed being in people's presence. But it was just interesting. And so the rest of the week, it's just been on my mind of, of how I handled that. And just the way that I was thinking about it in the moment, my elevated sense of self-awareness kind of helped me have a lot more energy throughout the week, which was really great. And so today I feel fantastic being with you guys because of that experience, and this is less exhausting in a way. Because I just feel like it's when we do officially open. I've probably talked about this before, but we just need to take it slow. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. As humans, like we really want to do it. We really want to get back into it, but we gotta take it slow. Mm-hmm. Cause we're gonna kill ourselves the other side of the, the equation. Right. Right. So I just it was really it was a good experience, and I had so much fun. Um, and so I feel I honestly I feel fantastic today. I feel I feel full of energy. That's yeah.
2: like good to know because I feel like I had the same, I was anticipating the same feeling after, you know, whenever my first get together will be. And it's nice to know that that's what you came away, how mm-hmm. you came away feeling. That's I was
0: exa- I was about to go to sleep on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> I was ready to pass out. But I'm like, no, stay awake, try to engage, have conversation because you don't know when you'll get this again. Mm-hmm. Right. So try this time, but it, once it's open, you can get it tomorrow if you want to. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So then it's kind of a pick and choose moment. So it's an, it was an interesting little little opportunity for growth
1: it's always that feeling of like being over deprived, right? Yeah. Like, like in the bodybuilding space too, it's like you deprive, oh. you deprive, you deprive, you deprive. And then you have that out roar, that out, like I see people eat the craziest meals after competition, stuff like that, but then they just get sick. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, anytime you get deprived of stuff and you overcompensate, mm-hmm. you really almost overdo it. So it's a great kind of, you know, foresight and warning of like, let's ease into this like going back and like we want to especially yeah. if you think about the partying and the social like i can already picture again really ugly fast just you know some, what i mean some really
0: massive um emotional hangovers huge emotional sure. hangovers uh, the way that I just related it to my in my mind as well is is it's always easiest to relate things to working out always and so our muscle of social engagement is so weak right now super weak there's 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 no flexing of it ever and it's the same thing with we also don't have the gym so we're not lifting weights the same way but we're gonna want to go in and lift the same way we used to Mm -hmm. but we can't do that because we're not that strong anymore we're not that capable we got to build back up and it was just cool to relate that to this now um, social experience, it's same thing. It's, just, it's a muscle that you got to slowly integrate with five pounds and 10 pounds and then get back to the caliber of where life used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it takes time, patience. Anyways, how are you? I'm
1: doing good. A squared. A squared is doing good, man. Uh, it's, you know, Ramadan. Um, yep. And we're going to get into a you know a spiritual conversation here today, so it's only fitting that you know I speak about you know Ramadan is really kind of the thing that I'm focusing on mentally right now, and it's really the purpose of Ramadan is to, to be connected to that practice and the activity of you know committing to prayer, committing to being connected, committing to you know resisting temptation from certain things, um, putting your mind in areas of, of bliss and, and consciousness and thoughtfulness and mindfulness um, I had a, you know, this is a Ramadan, you know, I guess hiccup, but sometimes you, you fast all day and then you eat and you have to eat, you kind of have to structure your meal. So you have to like eat your first meal and then go hang out for a little bit, get water and then eat your second meal. And in, in me doing my little stages, I had a meal, I had a little bit of water and I went to my room to kind of watch TV and kind of wind down a little bit and I passed out. Damn. And the worst thing you want to happen when you need to have a schedule is pass out. <laughs> and so I passed out. Next thing I knew it was like 430 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And now I have like 40 minutes to make up what I had five hours to do. Mm. And
2: I bet you had a massive headache too. <laughs> oh,
1: dude, it was like it was like my body was fighting sleep because I often try to tell people it's like I don't actually find any kind of conflict with the food and the, um, the drinking. It's your sleep gets a little bit affected because you're now on a different cycle.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask even just the example you just gave, like the thought process of the fact that you were upset that you passed out in the middle of the night is just so different. Because I just
1: had a meal, right? I just had my first meal. So at this point, you're what? You got maybe 100 grams, 100, 100, uh, 1,000 calories, sorry, in you. So you got 1,000 calories on you. You need to get to at least 200, 300 maybe, and then you pass out then you wake up. Cause now I got to do another 13 hour fast coming up. So now you right. do that over and over again, you're running on fumes. So, and then the water is a big thing too, right? I only had like a cup of water. Like I needed at least two liters of water. So now I'm running on like two days worth of dryness. Um, and that gets tough, right? So passing out is just one of those things that just, it happens by accident. You get that little itis, you get into the bed. I shouldn't have laid down. That was my problem. I try to watch TV in my bed. My body thought we know what time it is when we're here. We're going to sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are just kind of those little small those little small hiccups that happen in Ramadan and you wake up and you go, damn. Um, but other than that, I've been really, really... I've been off social media. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have a very, very um, love-hate relationship with social media. I, I love everything that it could be and I hate everything that it is. Um, <laughs> so it's like I really actually get the, a euphoric feeling when I get to delete it. I knew that yeah. when I entered this space that... Um, I said to someone, I was off it for a long time. And then I went off it intentionally for two months before doing the podcast. Cause I thought in my mind, <laughs> I had to commit. Now you can't delete it anymore. You're, you know, you've got a podcast. people want to reach out and all that kind of stuff. And so in my mind, I kind of was a little bit upset because I love deleting it. I love getting off it. And you know, when Ramadan came around, I got over my own stigma of what I thought it was. I was like, no, if I want to get off it, I'm going to get off it. What am I teaching people about mental health and all this stuff? If I'm not willing to do what I need for myself, you know? So... I got off it, um, and I will get back on when Ramadan is over, but it 's great to know that now i 've associated like getting off of social media with Ramadan it's I feel good about that. I feel really happy about that, so that 's been really good too. A lot of good effort and energy being put to things that uh, needles I want to move in my life right now, and I love that
0: mm. yeah it's interesting and just to touch on it briefly when we were having a conversation about it at dinner. And you and Amir were speaking about it. And just the, the reach that we feel all day long, the pulls to other things is, is if you take it into context for a second, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. And it really only clicked for me until when you guys said it, I know I eat, I know I drink water. I know I go on my phone. I know I do all these things, but then you brought it into context that you are not reaching for those things. And so now all of a sudden you're like, I think the example was you were doing work, right? And then you were taking a break and then you're like, Water? Oh, no. Food? Oh, no. Social media? Oh, no. Okay, I guess I'll just be right here with myself then. And it was wild to me. I'm like, oh, like how many pulls we have the things we're focusing on in a day and how much fasting can support that space, that cleansing. And I've fasted and I'm currently fasting. So for me, I I totally understand. And that actually sparked one of the reasons why I'm fasting today is because I like the clarity that comes with just being able to focus on where you are and who you are and that's really it. Um it's super powerful. So I appreciate you sharing.
1: My friends, let's talk about mental health. And the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community accountability pods, and a 24 seven support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply
0: makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like I said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious Content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts. It is a really powerful space So we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store It is tether t-e-t-h-r Available on both app stores join the community. I promise you will not regret it So To get into today's experience, we just want to preface first and foremost that none of us are coming in this conversation to push you into any specific space, to force you to feel a specific way. This is an incredibly open conversation amongst three men who are deciphering their experiences and their relationship with spirituality or faith or religion, how it's been a challenge, how it's been a support system, the journey of getting in and out of it maybe. And what it means to us and why we, why we value it so much. So we'll preface with that and then get, get deep into it. And I know for me, lads, we, we literally just prefaced with this huge conversation. Oh yeah. It was, it was big and we probably should have saved it for this, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's okay. We get, it gave us a lot of ammo and a lot of thoughts to organize. So for me, uh, I have currently, or I currently live in the space of, I believe in the universe. I believe in the universe as that's the higher power. What I've learned though is that the higher power and the deities, gods, are one in the same for me. They're mm-hmm. all the higher power. They all reside in that um, that role in a sense, and that's that's my current experience. Now I obviously go into my previous experience, but what is what is your current experience? Just for context for the viewers, A squared Yep, I believe in Allah, which
1: is uh, in the Islamic religion considered God. Mm. Um, so God, Allah, one in the same. Okay. Um, my relationship with those, I feel like, uh,
2: probably differs from Anwar, maybe relates more so to Kyle. Um, I, I don't currently have, um, a solid sense, I feel like, of, uh, of a higher power or, or a connection to religion. Um, I've only sort of, maybe in the last few years, realized, like, how important it is to kind of have that relationship, whether it's a religious one or having a concept of spirituality. Um, I'm really seeing, you know, what the benefits of that and, and like where I'm lacking that in my life. So it's, this is, this was a big part of the conversation me and Kyle, uh, had was figuring out where that lands for me, where that, cause I don't necessarily subscribe to maybe the ideology and well, that's may, probably not the best way to put it. Ideology okay. of, yeah, yeah. of religion, mm. yeah, yeah. Of organized religion. Um, I don't want to put it out there and say it because I know. Yeah, you're good. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, and, and I also had some family members, I feel like growing up, that maybe introduced uh, religion and spirituality to me in a, in a more so negative way. Um, I also, I th- th- those were family members, I feel, on my black side, you know, uh, my, my Trinidadian side. And I just felt um, a lot of the history I read, and I just felt like the, the, the relationship that black people had with religion, you know, didn't necessarily benefit us it didn't benefit me that's the belief i had at the time you know Mm. so and just that that was kind of how that ugly relationship with me and religion started and then that developed into me really identifying as an atheist i would like literally tell people that and i was Mm. confident and proud of it almost you know like Mm. i'm an atheist i don't believe in god let me tell you why god doesn't exist and um, I can relate
0: to that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and it that is not a good space to be in. That's not a healthy space to be in, you know. Um, and I still don't necessarily have like a solid, uh, you know, I believe this God. But I'm coming in. I'm, I'm trying to develop that relationship. That's mm. where I am on my journey. I'm, I'm trying to land that uh, and, and, and trying to trying to navigate some sort of relationship with that because I can see where it's lacking in my life and how it would benefit me if I did have it so yeah I'm, mm. I'm very uh, I guess you could put it in that agnostic space where you're very you're not sure you're yeah you're yeah. undecided pretty much
0: absolutely and there's a lot of things to unpack it one thing that I do want to acknowledge just out of what you were saying there is that when he said it's not an unhealthy place to be in he just meant an unhealthy place for himself um, yes feel free to be whatever you choose to believe in atheism god um shiva universe whatever again this space that we're opening up today is just open and honest and um, we're doing our best to receive everything because we're just very open people mm-hmm. right? and, and there's no judgment here
2: when i say it was unhealthy i just i think the notion of like being extremely combative and always wanting to disprove something or right. say why right. a religion is wrong, you know? I think that's what was the very oh, good. Unhealthy, I appreciate that. Uh, the, the unhealthy relationship. And, that
1: and like I can that. echo the same thing with people who are religious. The people who are always trying to convert you, to me, they're unhealthy too. Mm. Like, yeah. the people who are very religious and they're so in the business of trying to convert you to their mm. religion. Like, I also think that that's an unhealthy expression of religion. It's right. not your... It's not your duty or your job to be in a recruitment business, you know? What you believe is what you believe. You're not here. So there's, I think that it goes in both camps. Like talking against religion and the people who talk for religion, they can both express it in a very unhealthy way.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Kind of go, you know, piggybacking that, not saying that my parents expressed it in an unhealthy way, but, you know, I was raised Islam, I was raised Muslim in, in the religion of Islam and I strayed away from it because of the way my parents showed it. I was, I was they had no answers for really what they were doing and that bothered me you know I, I grew up in the why generation i need to know why why are we doing this why are we doing that and when their answers were so short and it's just the way it is it's just the way it is it showed that there was almost a little bit of a lack of connection with like why they were even doing what they were doing like because they grew up in a country where everyone was the same thing right. so there was nothing to be questioned so as a first generation canadian like we had to burden the confusion of everything, and so for me, it's I've gotten to this path, but it wasn't pretty, you know. And it's still a growing process, and I've I've learned that like saying like a you know a black and white statement like you know I believe in a law and I believe in a God I believe in God doesn't mean that everything about me after that now fits into that umbrella like. Right. I just know that that is something that's true i'm working on making sure the other pieces now align with kind of that and that's the evolution and the growth Mm -hmm. and i feel like too many people judge you in that like i thought you believed in god i thought you're religious and then they like they see two things that are not in coherent with the religion and then they can't they put you in cancel culture or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be and we like that's where i was always kind of just like no i believe that there's a god i'm working on the behaviors to make sure that like i start like all the practices start to kind of fall in. Like habits take time. Things take time. Life mm. takes time. I see what my parents see now. It took me a long time to get there. I had to get there on my own. I I was praying for my mom and my dad for a long time. Not even I'm standing there saying the prayer and I'm like, there's no reason why I'm even saying this prayers for for Allah because I'm really playing for my parents' approval at this point. I had to get over that. Now I do it for myself. Mm. So that's where for me, like it wasn't unhealthy, but it was just... It was very miscommunicated, um, I would say, and that took me down a completely different path and a completely different journey.
0: You feel like it was almost expected of you.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was almost like because I was born in this family, I have right. to be this, right? As if we didn't know that there was other options out there. And I feel like that might have worked in Africa if we were all there and every person was in the same belief system, right? It's the same thing with dating. My parents they don't they don't understand the dating complex because when you leave your house. And everybody you come in contact with fits the bill. Then you're just picking who you pick the right vibes with. Mm -hmm. The complex comes to being in Canada where now you're going out and a lot of people fit the bill, but they don't or don't fit the bill. But the vibe is there and you're creating a you're like, oh, how is this going to work? You know, so we I feel like as a first generation Canadian, there was a lot of things we had to figure out. And religion was one of them. Mm. Uh, Religion was a big, a big thing. And we need to figure it out on our own.
0: Well I ask that because it just attests to the the conditioning that we experience as children and as you know, I, I totally understand why most parents feel that way. I, I can empathize with that is that, you know, you it it would be hard to be a specific faith or have a faith in something and then have your child not. It would be challenging. Oh, I would yeah. I would understand that for, for sure. sure. And so where I think the movement's coming in right now, at least in our Western society, is that more children are being given options. But I, I think what is a testament, what you just kind of described, is that the environment plays a big role because if you were back, at, back home, you wouldn't be, you would have to go against a massive tribe. The, oh, the whole place right everybody around you that's not something you're probably going to be doing mm-hmm. but here you're not going against a massive tribe you're going against your family mm-hmm. in a way right but you align with a lot of other people mm-hmm. so it's almost easier the challenge though and, and relating it back to chris is that when we break free of the conditioning and choose to think okay what well, can i have a choice now that's a hard place to be in because now you have to really try to develop who you are in a way because you're breaking free of this pressure of stigmatization and conditioning and be a specific way and you're saying no i'll be who i want and that sounds all great and fancy and i think a lot of people in this world are thinking that way in general i'll live authentically be true to myself but it's actually a hard road to get down super hard because there's there's an endless amount of choices that you can pick from and you just have to pick. And then if you pick the wrong one,
2: you disappoint somebody, you
0: disappoint someone, or then you start to disappoint yourself because you think "Oh, I was going to be this person and I just made the wrong decision. Like I probably should have just done what they did. So then you fall back into the conditioning. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a vicious cycle, right? So I like what you were saying, Anwar, is that you, I mean, not that you were against it, but that you chose to make a decision, right? And I, that's where you you are right now. And so many, like,
2: hearing Anwar describe his journey and those roadblocks that he, like, you know, had to come to. You know, you were saying about, you know, if you believe this in religion, then, like, you should be canceled and stuff. And it's it's a lot of those things that I'm kind of struggling with at the moment is, you know, it says this in the Bible. It says this. Well, these bad people did this under the belief of religion and did it for, you know, and you could look at what's happening in, in certain countries right now with genocides and, and, and whatnot. Um... I also just want to bring it back. I, I, I think my negative relationship that started with religion definitely started with family members and like them justifying, you know, things that they did while I was, you know, a child mm-hmm. uh, under the, the, the framing of religion, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get too much farther into that, but... That is something that is rampant in, you know, the Catholic Church or something like that. You know, I, I can kind of see where I'm going with this, but, uh, you know, those those things are very easy to get caught up on. You know, the KKK, you know, associates so much of what they believe in with Christianity, you know, religion. Mm. So many negative things you can attribute. The most death in history and or whatever has been over religious conflicts or whatever. So it's like... All those types of things are so easy to get caught up and not be able to have a good faith and have a good relationship with it. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of that. I'm kind of working mm-hmm. out those, making a choice to, to have a good concept of it with myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally I'm in the thick of it. I feel like <laughs> the things that you're describing.
1: You know, what really helped me with that process that you're working through was this idea that. Because I've gone to like the mosque, right? You go there, you sit, you do the prayers, you look around the room. There's a bunch of people that are hiding behind religion. They're not actually good people at all. And because they're religious, they're, they're so-called like, like I would rather be a good non-Muslim than a shitty Muslim. You know what I mean? Like the idea that just because you go and pray and you do all the right things, but your behavior is not actually good. You're not actually a good person deep down inside. To me that facade makes me sick so if i'm like interesting so if i'm in like the yeah i'm committed to my journey and my process and i know who i am as a person and i know where i'm ascending to and i'm not perfect right now i'm okay with my process because i see this process i'd rather not be that someone who's faking the whole entire process and deep down inside you're a horrible person and i see it all the time i see it all the time where you know I'm like, how can you even say that you are religious and you act that way? That's not, that's completely against the religion, but you put this facade up, you put this front up, you put this mask up, like you're a religious person and everyone gives you all these religious accolades. And I almost think that sometimes it's like, would my parents rather me be a good person or tell them that I am religious? Like, what do you want really? Yeah, damn. Right, what do you want really? Like, would you rather me just sit here and be like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit, but I pray and I'm, I'm, I'm a Muslim, but I'm not a good person at all. Mm. Would you rather that, or would you rather me be a good person and work through the religious complications and some of the details that I got to iron out? And I don't look perfect right now to you, but I'm a good person. You know that to be true. And when I look at those two people, I would rather be the good person on a journey than a fake person. That's at where people want me to be the people that I'm going to disappoint, you know?
0: Interesting. There's so many things that I'm thinking about right now from that statement. And, you know, I feel when I, so so my journey with this, my mother is, doesn't really have a a big faith. So I was with her the whole time. So there wasn't really much, but my father over time adopted, I believe Christianity. I'm not sure if it's, if it's Catholicism, I honestly have no judgment. I don't actually don't know the difference. Um, But what I recognized uh, at an early age was that I was being forced to go to Sunday school so Sunday school is, is is you know their parents are upstairs and you're downstairs right and I was fine with it at the time because I was young and we're just playing games at this point you know someone might read a book sure but then we're playing games and we're having fun and whatever and then w- what ended up happening was they would start to do baptisms and I haven't been baptized but they would do it in front of all of us as if like you're gonna do this one day kind of thing right so they would glorify baptisms and then next thing i know i'm i'm being forced from my parental figure to read these children christianity books like they were just small they were wooden they were like old cardboard kind of kind of books and i was being forced to read them i had to take them home to my mother's who i would spend most time with and read them there and basically have to have that knowledge but i didn't really have any idea of what i was doing i don't i didn't know anything about this space or this religion and so there's this distinct moment in my life where I remember my mother found out and this is kind of off context, but this is kind of did better describes where I was at and what caused me to be where I was for so long is that one side was forcing, one side wasn't forcing at all. And then all of a sudden that came to a butt of heads and the, the books were found by my mother. And I basically, in a way I was almost using them as ammo not to go see my father. So it was kind of a ha-ha, <laughs> ha-ha moment, but it exploded to the point where I said, no, I'm not going. And a phone call came through. There was a conversation. I got my ear torn apart on the other side of the phone. I got destroyed. And I'm like younger than 10. Like I don't even know what's going on. I'm getting absolutely destroyed. I'm bawling. Phone goes over to the other side to my mother. She gets absolutely destroyed. Verbal abuse, all the names in the book. It was, you're a liar. Like, why would I ever do That's all lies, blah, blah, blah master manipulation is essentially what was happening. It got so bad to the point where we felt that it would be safer to leave the city for the weekend. So we did. We packed a bag. My cousin had a hockey tournament in Edmonton. We drove to Edmonton, stayed the weekend because that's the caliber it went to. So that traumatic event caused me to never want to be associated with anything along those lines ever again. Cause why would I want to put myself in that position? Mm -hmm. Why would I ever want to feel that way again? And so it extended so far into the point where still sometimes when somebody says the word God specifically to me, I've become more open, but I don't use it. Not because it's not me, but there's a trigger there because of the experience. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to deal with sometimes. There was a point that I was trying to get to with your story. I got lost in my story, but... um, Yeah, it just, it created a really big challenge. And I think that's where we've all can kind of relate right now is that one of the biggest challenges we face in our adult life is the impact that our parents, no shame on them. We're not trying to guilt them, but the impact they've had on our journey and the expectations they have and the pressure they place on us. And coming back to your statement, Chris, we don't like being told what to do as humans. Yeah, Yeah, It's not something we like to do. Or being told what to do. So we always rebel as soon as we feel like Especially our are Especially with no taken, explanation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, be this, be this, because we're this. And you're like, but, but I'm not you, you know? And now I'm 16. Now I'm trying to figure this out. And I still feel that pressure. Do you really think I'm coming with you? Yeah, no. I love up. you as a parent, but I'm not coming with you anymore. I'm making the decision to do, only because I feel forced. I don't feel like it was an open invite, mm-hmm. you know? And then coming back to your statement, it's like, do I feel like this is helping my my family? Mm-hmm. Do I feel like this is supporting? We're in such a different age now where we're so analytical and there's so much access to everything that um, we get to see all the repercussions of what they are or are not doing. And like you said, some of them are going to church or the mosque or whatever. And, oh, that was where my story was going. I, I, for me, I always thought that the or was it re- repent your sins or go to go into the, the box thing? Oh, this is confession. Confession. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't mean to come across disrespectful. Um, for me, that always felt like you go in and you get fixed and then you leave the box. That's kind of how I felt. So I just never went into the box. I didn't get, I didn't get that process. And now I definitely don't get that process. So it almost feels like sometimes people do use it as an excuse for their bad behavior. Because they don't even see that they're like, well, as long as I pray and I'm religious, then it doesn't matter what I do. I'll get um, saved or something or like, I'll be good because I said, sorry, kind of concept, which is wild to me.
1: And like the collective brotherhood of, you know, and the collective brotherhood and sisterhood of religion will protect you. And always there's that place like you see that person, you're always like, oh, there is... Rick or Bob or whoever it is, come in and like, you have this home of like, and to me, religion is like one of the most like spiritual, we'll use both terms, religion, spirituality. It's one of the most purest connection to, to life, right? It's being like, we were talking about that conversation about the, the is it fifth dimension, fifth dimension and third dimension conversation we were having is it, to be connected to the fifth dimension is a good feeling, like, you know, but it doesn't, doesn't dismiss your behavior in the third dimension, right? At all. You still need to be connected to the behaviors that you're you're acting out there. You need to be held accountable for your actions in the third dimension. You can't just pick and choose when you um, can act a certain way or accordingly because you have this like blanket that you can go to and it protects you from. And once I saw that, I was like, oh well, you're not perfect either. So why am I stressed about my why am I stressed about my journey? Because look at you, mm. you know, and you see how your parents. You'll see how your parents will act around another kid who knew, You know who the, what the real blueprint on that kid is. And they're like, look, look at Ricky and look at Johnny. And I'm like, Johnny's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you think he's good? Mm. I'm honest. I'm telling you the truth. I want to know why you want me to do these things. Why do you? I'm just trying to figure it out. And for me to kind of like, you know, segue a little bit out of religion spirituality, I actually have to go into spirituality to find religion the way it's kind of described now. I had to like let go of Allah and God and be like I'm more like Chris now. I'm I'm like going to go to like the atheist side of things. Not like you know <laughs> <Atheist> <laughs> like not, yeah, 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 not not <laughs> championing it, but like just like in my own mind I was like I believe in nothing. Yeah. Someone asked you that I believe in nothing. That's all They're, you. They're like are you saying. religious? Are you religious? I would literally say well, I grew up I grew up in a Muslim household. My parents are my parents are Muslim, but I don't really practice. That's what I would say. I would leave it to them and separate myself from the camp and leave it at that Mm. so that you kind of had the context of why I maybe didn't eat pork or why I didn't drink. You would have a container to put it in because you're like, oh, he grew up with a Muslim like in a Muslim household. Mm. Um, But it never really it never really had that like connection to me so that I would separate it. I'd be like, they're that I'm this I need. I'm an atheist, essentially. And then that evolved into just like, I really felt empty believing in nothing.
2: Like, So was that the turning point where you kind of made the transition back to like really, yeah, I have a faith in Allah. Like I believe in God. Like is that where that happened?
1: That was the, the process started there. It started there. Went right. to like I disassociated myself from Allah and the family and everything. Like the way I would speak, I would bring it up. Still brought it up because it had a big identity to me. But I would, everyone knew, oh, okay. Then I just felt like in that space when I was just like, and I acted as if I had no religion. So none of the constraints, none of the restrictions, like the no pork thing was pretty like prevalent. I'd never ate pork, but all the other things I tried, and I also got to move out when I was 18, right? Mm. Um, So the parents were physically gone too. So it was like the religion disappeared overnight. It was like the responsibilities of the religion and everything, just like everything got lifted. And I remember somebody asking me um, if I wanted to smoke weed. Someone was like, oh, do you want to smoke weed? Like they're like, hey, do you want this weed? And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I don't do that. And when on the bus home, I realized I was like, I said that out of fear of my parents. I didn't say that because of me. Mm. And it was the first time it clicked for me that like I was carrying my parents Behavior, not my own. Mm. And I realized on that bus ride home, I said no to the guy who offered me weed, but I didn't say no because of me, but the repercussions don't exist anymore. They're not here. So what am I hiding from? I'm like, if I go home, there's just me. I live on my own. So did I say no because I'm not down or did I say no because of my parents or why did I say no?
0: It's such a powerful question.
1: And then... In that bus ride home, I realized I don't want to smoke weed because I'm a basketball player and I love basketball. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, you found you found and your I, integrity in it all. And I found you my answer. You yeah, developed your hear. own faith.
1: Yeah. Then it turned for me. I went, "Oh, I'm running this show. Yeah. This is my journey." And then I kind of got to a place where spirituality spoke to me. I kind of liked the 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 like the Eastern philosophy of like Buddhism and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And I kind of got drawn back into that world through that, that lens, which ultimately led me back to my original religion just in a different way. It just took me a way longer process to get there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like parenting wiring. And that story was an example of I had many moments like that. That was just a very pivotal one. You know, I will never, it was like, I was the only one on the bus too. It's always one of those, I was just staring just and we're not stopping at any bus stops because i'm the only person because i need to click it so i just remember sitting there and we're just going and i'm i'm processing all of these i'm like man you are your parents you aren't even you so that was a crazy moment for me that yeah. definitely was one of those moments that allowed me to kind of see break up with
0: a religion and and then get a new relationship with it that was my own that's wild you know because when you, you mentioned that, and I know we're getting slightly off topic here, but with the conditioning of, of our families and the upbringing and stuff, it's wild to hear someone's tangible in like on-hand experience of when they realized that the conditioning was so deeply ingrained and they were no longer making decisions for themselves. I mean, I look back on my my history, and I don't really feel like I have that kind of pinnacle moment where I'm like, "Whoa, like uh, that was my conditioning. This is where I'm at." I mean, maybe my anger, but out, outside of that, I never really felt that way, uh, or I feel like there's never a moment. So I'm really happy that you have that because I think that that's going to support so many people who listen to this, because that reflection moment, I just and even if they haven't had it yet, they have the ability now to see what and hear what it looks like which is huge. But there's something that you did mention that I actually want to pass on to Chris is that when you were in that zone, you felt uh, empty. Mm. It's a feeling of emptiness. And so you were in that space and then Christy mentioned you are in that space right now. Do you feel like the emptiness is kind of that vibe? Where are you currently? Because you, the vibe I'm getting is you are in the middle between trying to figure out which direction to go and if you should even go a direction.
2: No, I, I think I, I, I feel like that is the direction I should go in. I just finding a way that resonates with me, like you're saying how the word God and that doesn't exactly can be almost like a trigger for mm-hmm. you. Um, and then, you know, Ammar saying about the emptiness, I almost feel like almost the opposite. You know I came in here today right and I said I'm overwhelmed you know I feel like I have too much you know I have too many things that I'm trying to reconcile mentally I have too many mm. concepts that I'm trying to you know justify morally or trying to get grips come to grips with it you know and it's all the things all the negative things that I associate with religion that makes it difficult for that so um, that that space that i'm in that you described and thank you for sharing that was like a really great story um i don't know if it's a feeling of emptiness more so of a feeling of overwhelmed you know Mm -hmm. it's
1: it's yeah it's a hard question yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. i said that a long time too for a long time i said you know i'll deal with religion later i'm busy Mm -hmm. right now i mean literally i'd be like i'm overwhelmed i'm busy like I can't, like, it's too complicated to unpackage, like. So you said
2: that's, like, when you're, like, dealing, when you're religious, you you feel like, like, I I can't even deal with that right now? No, no,
1: when I wasn't, when I wasn't not in that space. When you were transitioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, like, it was one of those things where, yeah, it was just one of those things where I just viewed it kind of like how you said it there was, I just felt like. I wasn't ready to deal with how complicated it was and everything I was dealing with was so complicated. I'm trying to live on my own. I'm trying to get this college degree. Like I'm trying to like, I'm trying to navigate this. The, I love this, this, this fifth dimension, third dimension vibe is my whole aesthetic. Cause it makes so much sense to me now. I had so much going on in my, in my, in my third dimension that I was like, I can't even nothing from the fifth, like, no, if anyone showed up from the fifth dimension, I'd be like, I can't talk to you. I'm so busy right Hold now. Like,
2: Just for my sake was, and the listeners' sake. I was going to say. Yeah. Can you can you give a little bit more uh, context <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the well, difference? He, between- well,
1: Kyle taught me about this yesterday. So <laughs> go, you, you. All right. And this is a great spiritual conversation. This actually will bring us back to the conversation. Exactly. Because- yeah.
0: So for me, this is still uh, a new language for me. So I'm still trying to understand it. But to break it down in the simplest of terms is 3D... V- 3D life is just your reality here on earth. It's just the 3D physical world. I touch this table. I can touch your arm. I can touch that camera. It doesn't matter. That's 3D world, all right? But with the 3D world comes 3D complications. So it has job, stress, finance, security, living. 3D world is full of problems, full of them. The 5D is almost the opposite. The 5D is a lot of peace, tranquility, um, um, faith, That's the 5D. So 5D for me is universe, universal operations, and and then the 3D is my life here. And so what Anwar is speaking on is the relationship between the two and how if you get too lost, I'm going to use that word lost, in one more than the other, it will directly challenge your ability to live 3D because you have to live here. There is a reality at play. If you don't fall into that reality, you will not survive. On planet earth because that is what we're here to do literally just to survive it doesn't we're not here to prosper (laughs) Mm -hmm. we weren't here to prosper we were put here to survive we're learning how to uh, thrive because surviving is no longer enough for us anymore so we elevate and we advance our problems in the 3d world and if we never have any ability to connect to the 5d then we get so lost here that we get overwhelmed overly anxious depressed take our own life suicidal like that's where all of those problems come from in my opinion because we're so disconnected from the 5D mm-hmm. we're so disconnected from something outside of ourselves and overly connect or sorry we're so disconnected with our internal is how i see it and we're overly connected to the uh, external the job the car the 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 relationship and a question that i just asked in my ig story was um a, an interesting i would say spiritual question is um if The car, the house, the relationship, the body um, that you've built, the success that you have, if everything. If everything was just gone and you were just where you were, would you be okay? Because if you can't say yes to that, then that shows how caught up you are in the 3D and attached to the external environment you're in. And you're really disconnected from the 5D. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know it's a hard question and I don't even know if I would say yes right now, but it's an interesting concept because for me, it just grounds me. And I also recognize like the days that I miss my 5D connection, my spiritual connection, I'm a a wreck. Not as extensively, but man, two days, two days and it's over. Two days I'm reactive. Two days I am not centered. I'm not grounded. I'm not at peace. I'm a straight roller coaster. I have to do some sort of practice at least once a day. But that's the journey. And I think that's where I, I think I got lost is that I thought that once I believed in the universe, well, it'd be good. I believe in the universe, I'm good. But it's, it's just not like that. It's a daily practice. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think first I'd like Kyle for, to, I, I'd really like if Kyle would take his foot off my neck and stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you have cameras in my house or something. Jeez, you are coming from my life right now my friend
0: (laughs) oh that's good (laughs) but um no i speak from experience and you know
2: what we can we can kind of we can laugh on yeah coach kyle man wow (laughs) but i i think yeah you spelt it the hell out right there man um i have a lack of 5d that's -hmm. that's my that's the issue in my journey right now i am way too caught up in 3d and what's in front of me and yeah, I need, I need more 5D in my life. I think that's that's mm. where I need to go on my journey, you know? So, and mm. it's kind of just hearing it all <laughs> broken down like this, you know, is, is what brings you to that realization too.
1: Yeah, like I never had words for it. He gave me words. Like I always kind of knew that there was those two worlds, but I didn't have the right words. I didn't even know those words existed. So when he was explaining it to me yesterday, I was like, oh my, I can, this makes life so much easier to explain to people. Like how much more how much easier is it to explain that you're so caught up in your 3D world that it like this does you don't even you're not even interested in this because this is overwhelming. Yeah. Right? So it also kind of begs the question of like if we know that we're trying to find harmony between the two worlds and this world is overwhelming, well, how much can this world help you, the 5D world will help you alleviate some of the stress that you're putting on yourself in the 3D world, right? Like Mm -hmm. seeking out some of the um, but then it's, it's not just go seek out for like taking, right. That's what you're saying is it's not just go plug in and say, I'm here. Can you alleviate some of my concerns? It's then committing that practice to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who maybe are, 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 are visual people and are trying to picture what this, you know, this 5d world looks like if you've ever meditated that quiet place you get to and the world turns off, I feel like that's where the 5d is mm-hmm. where you just like are not connected to this 3d world anymore and it's just like it's just you and whatever manifestations you want whatever whatever that like zone that you create for yourself and people who don't have that even space they've never even created it for the first time it's gonna be awkward some people haven't even felt that silence before because they've never even tried it you know they've never even engaged in it Mm.
2: silence really makes people uncomfortable
1: super uncomfortable and
2: what what I, th- I i'm so fascinated with silence i feel silence uh the concept of it is just because there's something to be learned there you know and even when it's something uncomfortable you know like you should embrace silence you should go into those moments because you're going to find something out uh in in mm. discover and find at your, your silence
0: Sorry. there's something that i used to do where i can't remember exactly i think i did it in part of my coaching but we were just acknowledging the importance of silence and i'll always refer it back to the symphony example you know of how a great symphony can't just be full of notes has to be full of breaks breaks of silence and if those breaks of silence aren't there it sounds like garbage mm-hmm. sounds like absolute garbage um a violinist has to lift their bow off eventually to create a different note right And so something that I actually, I want to do, which is hilarious. And uh, for all the listeners, this might be super awkward, but I just want us to sit in silence for 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds go. How we feel?
1: Feel good. I like I like silence.
0: Any level though. of discomfort come through? <laughs> Tr- truthfully, truthfully, <laughs>
2: I can't talk all that shit about silence and loving silence, and then yeah, that silence made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <God. laughs> you know, you know why though? I, I stopped and I de- I almost disconnected. I almost because we were talking about this five D and everything, and I'm so you know I I love that now. You know, I'm thinking about that and conceptualizing it like that. So. It's almost for those 15 seconds i tried to enter that uh that, that 5d for a second there and i think uh it was only 15 seconds it's not yeah. like i had so much time to think about it but it was like okay let's what's that feel like and then when i came back to 3d all those 3d things
1: pop right back mm-hmm. yeah so i felt a little i felt
2: a little anxiety in that little second there yeah hey, fun little exercise there geez it's a podcast or therapy session <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it was such a good practice because I would usually do it, I think for about 30 seconds. 15 seconds yeah. is short but for a podcast relation like th- like that long of a dead silence air I'm obviously not going to ask for it, but uh, 30 seconds was that point where it was too much and their face would start to get red and they would be like what do I do? Like I have to do something. I have to say something. There has to be something filling this space. And I made it awkward purposefully. I would look up and I would look to the side and Look back at them, look back away. Like I would make it awkward to see how they would respond, to see how the silence was treating them. And none of them enjoyed it. Not a single one of them enjoyed it. And it's such a a testament that we're so caught up in. um, I'll always refer back to it as the doing. We're always so caught up in the doing and we're never caught up in the being. That's actually the perfect relation to the 3D, 5D. Mm -hmm. 5D is being. Just that silence for 15 seconds, you're just being. That's 5D. The 3D is the doing hmm It's the action. I told you my neck, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but also, also on that, if I, if I'll extend another kind of olive branch to like my situation and journey, you know, um, that, that relationship between 3D and 5D and what we're talking about, you know, I feel like just because of the type of person I am and the, I'm, I'm a creative person, you know, I, I used to write raps and stuff, you know, I used to be a very deep person. I am a deep person, you know, I I was uh, probably more in tune with with that side before. I also, uh, I'm not going to go into full depth about this, but I do have um, a disorder that kind of would make it harder for me to have a good concept of uh, moderation between those two. Very extreme, one side or the other, you know, Um, polar opposites a lot of the time. Um, And... uh, I think that's what my issue is more than not having a concept of 5d is finding good moderation mm-hmm. between those two things because if you're in because I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, no, I actually, I know what 5D looks like. I know what that looks like for me. And I can almost spend entirely my existence, like mm-hmm. how I'm thinking in there, you know? And I'm, that's what I'm thinking about now is like, oh, I've kind of spent days and weeks <laughs> in 5D before. <laughs> so maybe it's not the lack of 5D, but it's having a good, you know, little take here and there, grains of salt and stuff like that, that, that I should be taking out of that concept. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's more so where I... I don't know, she wanted to add
0: that. But no, I love that. No, that was that very was, well said. Very well said. I think everyone, I know both of us clearly did resonate with that, but I'm sure a lot of people resonate with that as well. And we were just having that conversation, you and I, yeah. about people getting lost in the 5D because it's it's great. Yeah, The 5D is a beautiful place to live. Yeah. There's yeah. peace. There's tranquil. There's no problems there. It's just, you're just here. I could sit in this chair all day long, live in the 5D, no worries. But the 3D calls on you, begging you, to start putting things into action and you know, it's kind of like the, the, the manifestation process. That's a great example of 5d as well as, um, you can ask for what you want, all you want, but if you're not doing the walking, the compass does, you no good, mm-hmm. so you have to be willing to walk and the, the challenge is, is, um, the finding that, that harmony. And I like that where you, you were talking about that balance. Um, uh, I'm for me personally, I'm going to replace it with harmony because I think there there is that's a good way to put it. A blend of it in yeah. throughout the day that's going to work best for you and the balance is kind of like I you know the 50 50. and I don't think it's always 50 50. yep. And so with the harmony, I think that to work with that process for, personally from experience and uh, you and where you can speak after, is that um, I have many things I wish to do in the 5D every single day but I just want to make sure I just do one, right? And that consistency is where I'm at rather than the plug in when I'm ready and and then plug out. Don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think some people think that you have to be in all the time to be plugged in. You don't. You just have to make sure that you do your best in the mindset way, I feel, to stay plugged in. Mm -hmm. And what that involves is trying to stay at peace of mind in your mind outside of the practices, right? So meditation, going for walks, being in nature, on, on the water, whatever, right? Wherever you're, your I guess flow you could say is wherever the flow is um, you can be in those spaces um, all day long but you want to kind of reconnect as often as possible I lost my train of thought there I can't remember exactly where I was going but I was just saying con- connect at least once a day
1: yeah no definitely you need to like you're saying to find that harmonization first of all it takes work yes right you got to put in the work you got to put in the practice Oof. and you got to find which which practice works for you right You often people will think that like you know, meditation is an obvious one, right? Um, people always yeah. talk about meditating and stuff like that. But that's silence even, you know? Listening to, <laughs> to what the words are going on in your mind. Like, I find that just stopping. Like, I think there's... there's Where I'm at now is that, like, I literally am seeking the silence. You know? Like, I'm trying to finish my day to get to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that the rat race is happening in my mind. And it's going crazy. And one thought after another. One thought after another. One thought after another. But... And Kyle taught me this was just having that hard end in your day where you have a sharp end. To me, it's almost like I know there's a peaceful moment coming. Like I have a sharp end to this day. It's going to be at this time. And when I start this process, which for now for me has become this night shower and like all like once I start that beginning of that process, I know that I'm shutting it down. And the shutting down, usually what happens is all the thoughts that are maybe holding me down or all those things are starting to come. It's quiet. The rush is gone. But I'm in that feeling stage of like feeling the emotions that I'm going through and then justifying what makes sense to me, what doesn't make sense to me. And That's when I start my organizing process and then going to bed, having that for me going to bed. It's almost like that last bit of 5D reach. Mm. You know, it's that I've quieted down, I've quieted out the 3D. I'm heading into the bed now. I'm trying to find more 5D trying to be grateful that I, I even get to go back to bed and sleep and like be grateful for the day that I had and all that stuff. And all those things that we talk about, gratitude, all those things, they're really just extensions of reaching for 5D. Mm-hmm. Reaching for 5D instead of being in this take, take, take space that 3D offers us often. Um, and so for me, going to bed like that and waking up with that piece as well, not looking at your phone. not like What we're basically saying in essence since we're on this topic is don't engage with 3D until you've at least touched 5D in some capacity before bed or when you wake up, cause Mm -hmm. it will give you some sort of little bit of a good start, you know? And so for me, I'll wake up and I do yoga in my room and I don't touch my phone, I don't see an email, I don't know what's happened. So I'm going from a peaceful sleep up into some yoga and it's like, I'm already in the 5D in my world. It's a very that, Mm. and what you're saying is you could live in your whole day like that. You can never grab your phone and get into the 3D world Or you can leverage that peace and that quiet to be better at the 3D world. And that's what I've chosen Mm -hmm. to do with it. You know, I've chosen to leverage that connection to Allah and God and um, my faith and spirituality and the universe and all the things above. And um, I use that to help me leverage my 3D goals. Mm. And I need this. I need the support of that, that team. I need the support of the 5d team because the 5d team cares about my mental health. Mm. The 5d team cares about mental health. The 3d team doesn't. So if I don't show any love to the 5d team, I'm really, I'm dealing with people that don't care about my mental health. Cause the 3d world is full of a, a lot of problems that aren't, are,
0: are, are bad for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you said that cause I was actually just going to relate it there is that, you know, a lot of the five, the aspect is living in a different mental and mindset space. Like you can take the practice in the morning, do the meditation, be at peace and take that with you into everything you do in the 3d. Like you just said, like the, the, the principles of the 5d, the concepts that you choose to adhere to in the 5d are essentially ways of living. They're ways of living in the 3d, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that I just, I'm just happy that you brought that up because I think it's it, It's less about believing in a specific faith for me. It's not a person that, or it doesn't have to be a specific person. It doesn't have to be the universe. It doesn't really have to be something like that. I think I just I'm just putting language to it. That's all I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that language allows me to at least my mind to comprehend it a little bit more, but it's more about what it means than it is who it is. For me, It's like, what does it mean to me? And what am I choosing to live with? And I I, I relate so wholeheartedly with you, Chris, about the, the decision process. And I don't really think I've put language to it until this conversation. But just once you just get into the conscious choices, the conscious creation of your own space, the options are so unlimited. It's hard to find yourself in one. And it's hard to live. And I was just thinking about this in the room about the... Um, the difference between everything happens for a reason and having a plan laid out for you in life yeah Yeah. right Mm -hmm. like that level of spirituality is I remember always hearing that there's a plan for everything right and it's already laid out
1: for you that's a line my mom and my dad said so often and it rubbed me the wrong way Oh, yeah. So we were just having much. that conversation. That's right. It's almost a trigger. Like, you can't yeah. say that it, to me. <laughs> like, I, yeah. It rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And yeah. it
0: was it's such a fascinating thing. And so for a time, I was like, yeah, I like that. that. Because I wasn't surrounded by that. So, obviously, I wasn't rebelling. So, I liked it. So, I ran with it. I was like, this is great. Like, yeah, yeah, Okay, this is a plan whatever, whatever. But there was something inside of me that still kind of said no. But my mind said yes. So, I just ran with it. And then I feel like I came across not the counter concept, but the concept that just landed better with me, which was more of, um, everything happens for a reason. That's kind of where I landed more, but they're similar, right? In the sense, like everything happens for a reason. You could just apply to everything as planned. You could say that, but the context that I took it in was more of, if I hit this table, I'm going to hurt myself. But I don't think that was in my plan to punch this table. Do you know what I mean? Like that would such a
2: better way to me. Like that makes more. That resonates with me. You know?
0: Yeah, it's just very much like I I feel like the plan deflects responsibility, and I'm not. That's how people use it. The people who use it.
1: If I know your character and how mm -hmm. you use it, it rubs me even more off. Right. If I know who your character is and you use it, then it gets me really like. Come on, man! Like Mm -hmm. it's not just gonna. What do you mean? What are you talking about? It's hard to subscribe to. Hard to describe to, but to. I love using metaphors and stuff like that. So I'll let's take this concept. I'll, I'll try to put it in a metaphor that made sense to me. How I saw it was like, you know, when you work in a... Maybe we all haven't worked in companies, but picture a company where you're in your little cubicle and you're working away. And the CEO who's strategizing for everybody else has a plan for everybody in the back of their mind of how they want things to work and go. But you're not necessarily clued into the plan that someone has you're just working your cubicle right you're just working your and as you continue to work the plan starts to make more and more sense to you because you don't know the plan when you're in your cubicle but when you say you hit that thing that job or you you made the right amount of sales and then you get promoted you're like i did the right amount of sales i got promoted but the ultimate plan was for you to get promoted you just needed to do enough of the work to get promoted Right, Like there's a plan that's happening in the background that other people are thinking about for you, but you're not in on the plan. You just need to continue to do the work. And that's how I kind of see it as when you, when you unpackage it from a far away. It's like, yeah, that's how I can accept the quote. It's like, yeah, God has a plan for you, but ultimately that plan is contingent on your behavior, on how you go about it. It's not a plan that just rolls itself out. Mm. I got a plan for you. I got something for you, but it's based on your work it's mm-hmm. based on your willingness to get there.
0: Not mine. So to backtrack, when I was just mentioning that statement of, but I agree with you that I, for a long time, I'm allergic to that statement. Gotcha. And do you feel like you align with it now? Cause that's the vibe I got
1: from this new concept of this new idea gotcha. of me knowing that like it rubs me the wrong way but trying to make it more make more sense to me that's how i kind of go about religion now what the whole thing is mm. that bothers me i'm like okay how do i make it make sense for me like mm-hmm. what's the interpretation of that line for me the interpretation of that line for me is right. somebody is looking out for me someone has a plan for me but it's contingent on my efforts to get there right like it's not contingent on it's not like a sleep wake up and it's gonna happen it's contingent on me doing the work but the plan is there the plan is in place people Mm. want to see me succeed there's nothing that's holding me back but myself Mm. the plan is there Mm. you know and i
0: interesting getting that if we got really
1: spiritual it i you know to me it would be almost like the idea is if i passed away and you know i meet my creator and he was to lay it out he's like this is the plan that i had for you Mm-hmm. And then he showed me, and he was like, "This is why you didn't get there," and everything that he points at is me behavior. That doesn't dis- that doesn't discount a plan. That implies that there was a plan. Mm. It implies I didn't hit certain points to get through the plan. Mm. So to me, now the line, now the sentence makes sense. Interesting. So with. What-
2: I, and we're just talking about passing away i need to yeah we're knocking out. we're knocking on woods we're knocking our woods we're knocking our
1: woods
0: hilariously enough touching on that who are you knocking to
2: fuck <laughs> <laughs> yo get out of here bro.
0: Who, no, seriously yeah. though great great question yes this man bro. will
2: not get off my neck <laughs>
0: <laughs> that just shook me for a second though because i i was about to and then i'm like but who's answering the knock? We talking about spirituality. Who's opening the door? I must be knocking on someone's door saying, don't take me. Seriously, though, bro. The amount of times people <laughs> who
1: do things like this and don't think about what they're actually doing. It's wild. You could talk to an atheist that knocks on wood. I'm shook. I'm shook. Where's that going? To who?
0: To, yeah, I don't. Wow. I'm speechless. I, I, I even just clicked in my own head. Um oh my gosh yeah, so that, thrown yeah, off. that, was, that, was, yeah, that, that was, was wild that was By a moment knock
2: I um, feel a little silly <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: it's hilarious well and you know what i think it is 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 it, it is essentially just a reaffirmation of a belief you have about life mm-hmm. i don't even think actually now that i'm thinking about it more in context because i never have before in my entire life you're knocking i don't think it's going to someone i think it's if it is it's going to yourself I,
2: I think of it more of a thing as like energy. When you put energy out there, you know, if I, you're, you're speaking, you can speak something right. into existence or something. You know, if you're speaking about passing away, you knock on wood. Right. To, to I refute, won't die today. Yeah, to refute that energy or whatever. Mm. So it's a superstition, you know, that. Uh, Interesting. A cultural thing, I guess, at this point. But, right. <laughs>
0: Are superstitions spiritual? Or are they just belief systems in your mind? I think they're. I think they're belief systems in your belief mind. Like, your yeah, when I think about
1: some of my like superstitions within like my basketball practice, like how I would get ready for a game and things that I did, like that's all. In Can't me. leave the court on a miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all in me. That's all. That's not realistic. Like, I could leave this court on a miss. That's just my superstitions of like.
2: That's an element of five D that can help you.
0: And I'm happy that you just said that because the vibe I got from your belief expression and why is that it was a 3d thing but i don't i don't think that's what you meant then you put it in a 5d then i just pulled up the definition of what a superstition is according to the Dick, wikipedia whatever it is what it is and it says that it is a belief or practice but typically resulting from ignorance a misunderstanding of science or causality but a belief in fate or magic perceived supernatural influence
2: did Wikipedia say that if you believe in a superstition you're dumb? Is that what it say? <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia says some
0: wild things, so it's it, it wouldn't be surprising, but it was interesting. Being facetious so they that. they
1: basically get out of the 3D with it and go straight 5D.
0: Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Which I mean, I it doesn't surprise me. I feel like cuz again, that's why I said when I knock on wood, they're saying knock on wood is a superstition. When you're knocking on wood, you're basically almost asking for something not to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you have to do, then coming back full circle, maybe to counter you know my what? own statement is, who are you asking? Right. And you know what? Sometimes there's some superstitions that if I
1: just think about my, the ones in my mind, some of them are routine organized. And they would be the more the the belief of like I need to do this in this order to get in my zone, mm. and then some of them are like luck organized. Right, I'm doing this because I like I need good like these are my lucky this or these are my lucky that. When I'm using the word, that's a superstition that's in the 5D. Like yeah. I'm doing that, right. but there's some of them are like like Steph Curry's like you know pregame dribbling like superstition like like routine that he does like that whole thing is just part of like what it's makes him go like yeah. it's like a mindset thing it's not like he ties his shoes true. he writes his he writes uh, I think he writes something on his shoes every single game with like a sharpie that whole practice for him is it's, it's just part of his ritual right <laughs> it's um, a ritual it's more of a, a ritual mm-hmm. but superstition gets caught up in that like I feel like sometimes so mm-hmm Anyway, this has been a very powerful conversation. Yeah, this, is, this has been fantastic. <laughs> this has been really, really cool. And I, I love that we just kind of touched a lot of different corners of, like, yeah. how it, like, there were some real religions that were dropped here. There were some spiritual ones. There were some non-existent religions. And um, I just hope, when, like, I'll say my biggest takeaway from this conversation is just, like, and then you guys can share yours. But I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation was that it's not linear. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah this journey this spiritual journey is it's a journey at that and you can have a starting point and then you could leave you can come back to that starting point as long as you just do it for yourself Mm -hmm. because it's really between and one thing that i've always loved is you know as i got older my mom started to loosen the reins on how she talked to me about religion because she had to you know Mm -hmm. and as i got older she would always often say that's between you and him that's between you and your creator and I love that because it took her out of it and I needed I needed people to be out of the relationship that I had with my thing mm. and knowing that it's just between us two like right now there's a cup of hot water right here but I'm fasting right <laughs> and so this camera is probably catching that and they're like Anwar I thought he was fasting he's got a cup of hot water and there could be people talking about it but I know I haven't drank anything from that And it has nothing to do with anybody but me and what I'm doing And I'm good with that. I'm happy with that. And I don't care about the judgment of others and all of that. Because at the end of the day, if me and God have a a good connection, we understand what's going on here. Then nothing else really matters. And that's all my mom was really saying in that is don't worry about clouding the judgment. It's between you and them. Mm. And that's all that matters. And once you get grips with that, for me, that's something that really grounds me. But the journey, man, the journey. And and it's it's different for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Appreciate you sharing absolutely Chris my biggest takeaway
2: um my biggest takeaway is that I don't know I I think my takeaway is pretty simple it's uh because I I kind of came to to multiple realizations uh in this podcast episode that what the concept of having a 3d and 5d is and then I kind of thought hmm I need less I need more 5d I need you know and then it's I'm realizing, no, I, I have I have a, a relationship with 5D. I need moderation. That's what I need. And I and then I realized that you said the, the word that I think I'm going to use instead, harmony, right? Because sometimes it's not 50-50. Sometimes it's not 60-40. Sometimes you need 70% of this and 30% of that to... You know get where you're going so i i think that's my biggest takeaway is that it, it and it's not linear right that kind of goes back mm. to what you were saying too so i think that's my biggest takeaway and what resonated with me the most and thank you guys for helping me come to those realizations and navigate that and talk it out
0: mm, I appreciate sure. it, y'all yeah thanks for being on here and two incredible takeaways i'm sitting here just flabbergasted because i felt like i didn't even have one yet so listening to both you guys kind of come back to that the linear one got me the linear one was really really powerful and i think that is just a testament to life in general but to apply it to spirituality geez like that's mm-hmm. that just makes so much sense also for context why is there a glass of hot water there because it's cold in here ah i'm really
1: cold and it's hot water so i'm using it as a temperature thing
0: gotcha because word I, okay we're- fasting eight
1: when you're cold, when yeah right. when you're fasting sometimes and there's like especially me and my body it's if i'm in an air-conditioned room and i'm fasting there's nothing going on inside me there's nothing there's no warmth coming from inside me so i get cold really easily so mm. that's why i'm just holding a cup of hot water
0: gotcha right okay cool and then i thought it was like a like a mental resistance thing like don't drink the water oh, like, no. Like, like oh no, no 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 elevating the process i was like oh my god
1: good for you <laughs> no 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 no! just the temperature
2: <laughs> I, I have another takeaway actually um, okay i think i need to make a profile on tether
0: <laughs>
2: oh I, I i think if this conversation has revealed or you know made me think yeah that, that, that's a direction i think i should go in um just mm. not because it's our sponsor or anything like that either <laughs> just i feel like that's energy i need i need um that, that sounds like a space, you know, I need to listen to more people that are talking about this topic and just connect with other with, with other men that feel the same, you know, so and I think, you know, that's, that's kind of Tether's uh, mm-hmm. mission more or less, right, you know, to curate all those things for, for people on these on these journeys, men on these journeys, people on these journeys.
0: So mm. uh, that's awesome thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic love that i promise you we didn't tell them to say that <laughs> yeah, i swear to god they can't tell me to say anything <laughs> no for real that that, that was yeah. oh i love that um and yeah chris your dear takeaway just the the applicability of harmony in everything and the, the just the replacement of that word outside of balance really struck a chord with me when i first heard it and the relationship concept i think was where it really hit home first where it was Relationships are 50 50 is something we always hear but so much of the time sometimes it's and hundred and zero because someone's going through it And sometimes it is 50 50 and you give and you take as best as you can and whatever is needed in the moment And that's the same relationship with ourselves is whatever is needed in this moment right now is what I'll do And I need to honor that as best as I can and as authentically as I can and it's hard I, I understand it the other day I was Doing a lot of work. I had a lot of work that I wanted to do. I had like four things. I wanted to write but I hadn't gone for a walk that day and I know how important my walks are. So I said, F the work and I went went for a walk and I did that not to find balance, but because I know that the harmony, the harmony of my life will be highly affected if I don't find that flow every day. And if I forget something, I have to do it. I have to get back to that space because that's the being. I don't go and do a walk. I be the walk. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I come back and I do the writing. Mm-hmm. So it was just an interesting concept. So I appreciate you sharing that. I'm glad that was a takeaway. Um, and then for me, I think what, what what is wild about this conversation, I'm so thankful that Chris was a part of it, is that these conversations are just, they're rare. They're definitely rare. And I know to be true from my experiences, they're rare because a lot of people walk in with their ego. They walk in with a closed box and they don't, allow themselves to be open to other people's opinions. And there were some things in this conversation that I felt like I didn't quite agree with, but I'm not fighting you on it because it's not my experience. Mm-hmm. It's yours. And I'm going to take it in and I'm going to listen and uh, maybe I'll I'll suggest something or like the 3D, 5D thing you guys hadn't heard of before. I just, I just talked about it and you're like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't say, hey, like you need to do 3D stuff right now, 5D stuff. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really appreciate the fact and I just want to... Like, move people towards having more of these conversations in a more open and honest and just willing way to know that there's more than one answer there's more than one belief there's more than one superstition to believe in whether it's knocking on wood or what have you black cats it, there's more out there that you can just choose to believe in or choose not to there isn't the right answer and it, it goes back to the idea of like some religions are good and some religions are bad uh, i'm really not a fan of that and to, to finish, I don't know if you guys have any final statements, but for me to finish is um, the idea that there actually almost isn't a good or bad. And I want to explain with a story, a parable. You might have heard of it, but uh, it's a taro- Taoist story. I don't know, I seem to be in the Taoist realm, really. And an old farmer had worked his crops for many years. And one day his horse ran away. Now, upon hearing this, his neighbors came to visit and said, "Ah, that's such bad luck. Maybe said the farmer. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. The neighbors came by again and said, How wonderful is that? Maybe, said the old man. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown, and broke his leg. The neighbors again came by and said, "Ah, Such misfortune. Maybe, said the farmer. The day after, the military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. But because the son's leg was broken, they couldn't recruit him. So the neighbors came by and said, yay, like, he's not going to be taken. Maybe, said the farmer. And the context is just that there isn't a good or bad. There just is. And you get to decide how you see it. The whole town, the whole village kept saying, good, bad, good, bad. And he's like, we'll see. It just is right now, but my son got a broken leg, but I also got three extra horses, but he also didn't go to, to the military. So it's just such a powerful parable that I, I forgot about until we've had this conversation. So I wanted to share it because it really I think, speaks to the idea of 3D versus 5D. So to finish up this episode, you know what it is. This is CK with the PQ for you. And maybe a little less of a PQ, more of a PS, powerful statement. We've all heard of the interesting concept, fake it till you make it. So I think what we want to do is we want to break that down and maybe ask ourselves the question, are we faking it just to make it? Join us next week and we will debunk it and define it. What's up, everybody?
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.